Welcome to Friends in Prison. I'm Claire Aronson, and I have 29 Friends in Prison. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. We have a really interesting topic to go over today. We're going to be talking about money. So if you look at some of the websites where they are connecting people with pen pals in prison, um, for instance, writeaprisoner.com, if you've been listening for a while, you know that's one of my favorites. Not a sponsor, but I just really enjoy the, the interface there, and they have a lot of great tips right there on the website before you start writing or if you, you know, want to go back and review and, and get some ideas about writing to your pen pals and all of the rules involved in correspondence at a prison, that's the, a really good resource. So one of the things that they suggest, and this was a couple years ago, so um, maybe inflation has uh, some impact on this, but writeaprisoner.com recommends $10 a year. If you want to give a gift to a pen pal, a monetary gift, $10 is a reasonable gift and it is something that will um, make an impact on your pen pal. So for instance, if if you send $10, it's not as though they're going to look at the commissary and be like, well, I can't get anything for this. No, $10 is sufficient to get hygiene products or a book or snacks, things like that. So $10 is the recommended gift that you would send someone, say, for their birthday or Christmas or something like that. So I have sent money to pen pals before. The first pen pal that I sent money to was my friend Joey. And his is a really heartbreaking case. When you read letters from him, he writes really eloquently. And he really knows how to paint a picture. You know, he tells you what song he's listening to, what time of day it is, what's going on. Sometimes it's 3 o'clock in the morning and he's, you know, writing by moonlight and um, he's talked about the stresses that he has gone through. You know, he he witnessed someone die in prison, and he's much younger than me. You know, um, he's in his mid-20s, and being in prison has had a traumatic effect. I don't know what kind of anxiety he had before he went to prison, but he certainly got some PTSD and anxiety and insomnia and, you know, really needs help with these types of mental issues while he's in prison. And he had written to me asking if I would send him money, telling me kind of, you know, anytime that a pen pal asks me for a favor, they always preface it with, I'm really sorry to have to ask you for this. I don't have anyone else that I can turn to. And he asked me for money. I think I've told you this story. I went to MoneyGram at Walmart and I told them, yeah, I, I need to send money to a prison. Normally, you would send send money through a service called JPay, but his prison didn't have that. So it needed to go through a money order that he could personally pick up. And she was like, well, you know, have you met this person? I said, no, this is my pen pal. He's in prison and I'm sending this money to him as a gift. He hasn't told me that, you know, he's going to repay me. We're not going into business together. This is not an investment. It's, I, I don't remember if it was 40 or $50, but, you know, I I'm just want to send it to him as a gift for him to spend as he sees fit. And she was like, look, I can't get you a money order for somebody that you don't know. And I was like, okay, no, I've never met him face to face, but I know that he's in prison. <laughs> I know that I'm not going to get this money back. So... 
you know, this is not a, a situation where I'm being catfished, for instance. And we went back and forth about it a couple of times. And eventually she said that she would let me send the money, you know. And I was like, you know, I I don't know if I should have said, oh, okay, well, I'll send less money because I'm sure that there are people who are being scammed who will go to any lengths because they believe they are making an investment or that this is the love of their life or some kind of, you know, romantic connection. I'll send $20 from here and I'll send $20 from there. I will tell you that I think when I got the money gram, it was like $8 for the fee to send this money. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to just send $20 now and then pay the fee again next month to send another 20 bucks. So I'll go ahead and send it all right now. And I'm really not interested in pulling one over on the money order, you know, clerk. I appreciate that they have these rules there in order to help people. And it would be better for me to tell my pen pal I'm sorry, I'm not able to send you money than to lie and try and skirt the rules because I'm sure that there are times that I don't understand why the rules are there and I need to investigate further and not be naive and not just go, oh, well, this is my friend and this is just bureaucracy. Why? Why is the bureaucracy there? If I understand it, you know, and I don't like it, I could try and change it, try and find a different way to legally and in a forthright way, send that money. So that's my opinion on that. Um, I did, as I said, I sent the money to Joey and I got a notice that he had not collected the funds and I sent him a letter. I did not get another letter saying that he had not collected the funds, but I haven't heard back from him. And I know when I sent him the money, he said not to expect a lot of correspondence from him, that he was kind of depressed and he didn't know if he was going to be able to write to me and, and he's just had a hard time getting out of bed. So I have written to him a couple of times and I'll admit, days get away from me. I should be writing to Joey more often. I should be, I should look into it and see, all right, I'll let you know on the next episode if he has cashed the money order and collected it and um, see if I can write to him again and, and get some kind of a response. So I have a friend, Anna, who is a little bit older and it's kind of interesting. If you look at what she is convicted of, it's kind of scary, you know, but if you look at pictures of her and her letters back and forth, is not at all scary. There's nothing scary about this woman in her 50s, maybe 60s, I think late 50s, that she likes to crochet. You know, she talks about her kids. She talks about other people that are in the prison with her. She talks about her medical problems. You know, she's going to go and get some surgeries and what the medical treatment is like, which of course she doesn't like. It is not up to par, but I will say that a lot of people outside of prison feel that way, that they're not getting the results from the medical professionals that they're hoping to get. So I'm not, I'm not entirely sure that her, you know, evaluation of her medical treatment is unbiased. 
but I digress. We're talking about money here. So my friend Anna sent me a money order for $100. And I was like, why are you sending me this money? This is so bizarre. What is what is this all about? In fact, I think she requested the money to be sent. It's not like it is sent in the letter from her. So I got the money and then I got the letter from her. I just kind of held on to this money order going, I don't know what this is about. You know, may have even sent her a letter saying, what, what is this? Why would you send me $100? So in the letter from her, it said, would you please order me this crochet pattern? And I was like, yeah, sure, of course I would. Sometimes I have a tendency to say yes right away and then try and figure out what I'm doing. So I would certainly recommend whenever a pen pal is asking you for a favor, no matter what the favor is, that you take a beat to try and guess what the ramifications of saying yes could be. Why is this person asking you to do something? Why aren't they asking someone that they know personally who they've met in person? Why aren't they doing it for themselves? Why do they need someone who is just supposed to be there as a pen pal for them to do this favor? And sometimes it's true. Sometimes they have been forgotten by all those people who knew them personally, by their family, by their close friends, because those people don't always know how to interact with their loved one who is behind bars. It is stressful. It's confusing. They are not in the habit of writing snail mail. Um, and anybody who hasn't been listening, if you're brand new, you do not have to just use snail mail to have a pen pal in prison. There are lots of email services like CoreLinks and JPay. So there is a you know very convenient way to correspond with your loved one that is in prison. But again, it's just something that is totally foreign to most people. And that's why they have a hard time getting started with it. So here Anna has asked me to send her this pattern. Great, no problem. I assumed that it was a pattern book that I would order from someplace like Amazon and have it shipped directly to her. That is no problem. Most of the time when my pen pals have a birthday or for some reason I want to send them a gift, I don't send money. I send a book from Amazon. There is you know, no extra processing fee unless there's a shipping fee from Amazon. If you are sending a money order, you've got to pay that extra fee. And, you know, I'd rather that I be able to send something tangible to send this book. And then when my pen pal is done reading the book, they can pass it on to somebody else. And I could also read the book and then we can talk about it. You know, it's not just $10 worth of snacks, especially because some of my pen pals don't need $10 worth of snacks. They need a nice gift that comes from their pen pal, Claire. So I get this request for the pattern, for the crochet pattern. It's not from Amazon. It's from a website. Okay, no problem. Well, you download the pattern and then you print it out and then you deliver it to Anna. Okay. It was a hundred pages. And I didn't want to print on the front and the back because I didn't want any of the ink to bleed through or I wanted her to be able to put two pages side by side. I don't crochet. I don't know how quickly you move from one page to the next. I just, if I was going to spend the money and take the time to do this for her, I just wanted it to be done right. And I figure single-sided printing, you can't go wrong with that, right? So I printed it out. 
then I have to take it to the post office. I can't just stick it in my mailbox because I need to know exactly what the postage is on this package. You can only mail to her facility 13 ounces at a time in your envelope. So there are all kinds of little rules. It's got to be white paper. Some prisons ask you to only print on one side, so it wouldn't have mattered. Now, her prison, you can print on both sides of the paper. Most of them you can. I have 29 pen pals, and I only have one that I can only send things written on one side of the paper. It's got to be white paper. It's got to have their name, their ID number, and their address on the first page of the letter. So I've got all that taken care of. I've got to send it in two envelopes. It was just a hassle. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, I didn't realize when I said yes that this is what I was signing up for. So I, the other thing was that she sent me the money before she asked me, before I agreed to do it. So I asked her not to send any more money. I was like, look, I, I owe you the, a, a couple more patterns. This one was really long. Is there a way to tell how long the pattern is? She has asked me for four more patterns because these patterns cost like $7, you know? Um, so the subsequent patterns that she's asked for have only been you know, less than 10 pages. So I go, sure, not only that, I, I'm happy to do it. There are free crochet patterns. So sometimes I'll just pick one out that's free, print that also and send it to her. Right now she's recovering from surgery. So she's just sitting around crocheting. So as many patterns as I can send, the better. And I'm happy to do that. But I don't want to print out 100 pages. I don't want to go to the post office. I don't want to make sure that they are in separate envelopes and everything is getting to her. It's the sort of thing that I feel like I could agree to do and then forget to do, you know, because there's so many steps in it. And I don't want somebody to send me $100 and then for me to disappoint them. So right off the bat, I, I almost feel like I need to tell people, don't send me money. You know, hi, it's nice to meet you. My name is Claire. Don't send me money. So speaking of sending money, I have a friend who sent me $50 from a different person's account. So I get this $50 money order. And then later I get the letter saying, hey, that guy owed me money. So I asked him to send it to you. And would you send it to another friend of mine? He's in a different prison. I would just like to, to give him a gift. You know, I know he doesn't have any support. He doesn't have any family. And if you would just go ahead and um, forward the money on to him, that would mean a lot to me. And, and I think it would be a big help to him. So here's my issue with that. Prisoners are not supposed to be moving money around on their own. That's why they don't have their own cash. That's why people are using honey buns and other things from the commissary as, you know, to barter with. That's their currency. You know, they've got stacks of ramen and things like that. They're doing a favor for another guy and he gives them stuff from the commissary. And if they have somebody on the outside who will accept payment and then pass it on to somebody else, I know it's only $50, but that's the form of money laundering. And that's not something that I want to be involved in. So I'll be honest with you and say I have not done anything with this money order, but I feel like it should go back 
to the original person, not to my pen pal, and certainly not to this other person in another facility. You know, I I don't know if it's true that he just has a, a philanthropic love for this old friend, or if this is someone who is in a gang with him or used to be in a gang with him, someone that or someone that he owes money to for some reason. If the prison doesn't want you moving money from one person to another, I'm not going to usurp those rules and facilitate the movement of this money. It's not something that I am interested in doing. So I I do think ultimately that that money needs to go back to the original person, the person whose name is on the money order and that my friend is just going to have to find a different way to quote unquote collect what money he is owed and know that I'm not in the business of collecting money. So I got a letter the day before yesterday from my friend Tay who said he wanted to send me money. So first off, thank you very much for talking to me first and you know touching base about this before just sending the money. Because that makes me feel kind of, does it, I mean, maybe trapped is too hard of a word, but I do feel like you're not actually giving me the option to say, no, you've already sent me the money. So Tay said that he wants to get back on writeaprisoner.com and he needs someone that he can send the, his bio to and send the money to so that I can forward it to writeaprisoner.com. I don't know why the prison won't facilitate them getting their own pen pals. And maybe that's something that I need to petition his prison for. Obviously, there are other prisons that do facilitate it, you know. But apparently where he is, which is in Kansas, um, he needs someone to help pay for it and submit the bio. And that I feel okay about, you know. If this is specifically what the money is going towards, I don't have a problem in doing that. But to my my last point, I want to talk to you about my friend Daniel because I want to talk about whether or not $10 a year really is a reasonable gift. So Daniel had been living on $40 a week. He's in Texas. They do not have the opportunity to earn money through working in the prison in Texas. And Daniel said that this was the last legal form of slavery. And Daniel and I are just supposed to be friends. I'm supposed to support him. Honestly, when I have a pen pal, not Daniel, some other pen pal who wants to tell me how they're not guilty of the crime they've been convicted of or they got too much time, If I, my immediate reaction is, I think maybe you got what you deserved. You know, I've, I I read an article or even just seeing, even just hearing your side of the story. mm, No, I think you got what you deserved. I'm not going to say that to my pen pal, because first of all, I could be wrong. You know, I'm, I don't have the opportunity to have a conversation, some back and forth and say, please explain to me better why you don't deserve this sentence. But even if with all the information I thought, quote unquote, they got what they deserved, I'm not going to say that to them because it's not my place 
to be in judgment of them. It's my place to be their friend, to be supportive of them, to be kind, to be, you know, a shoulder to lean on and an, an ear to listen to them. It's kind of like, even if when I was, when I was a little girl, we'll say a little girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a long, long time since I told a lie. When I would tell a lie, I wanted someone to believe me, even if it was a lie. I wanted to know that somebody would look at me and go, okay, Claire, I believe you. And I want to be that kind of pen pal. I want when everyone else is sitting in judgment of you to say, it's okay. I also wish you were out of prison. On a smaller scale, I want to have that reaction for Daniel. You know, I I don't want to be the type of friend who you say, hey, this is the last legal form of slavery. And I go, no, it's not. Okay, well, we're not in a position to be sitting there having that back and forth conversation. So I don't want to get combative in my letters. I want my letters to be supportive. That being said, am I going to come on my podcast, which, by the way, um, hello, Daniel's new girlfriend, Daniel's new girlfriend listens to And am I going to say, hey, I disagree with Daniel, but I'm not going to say that directly to him in a letter? Daniel and I have been writing back and forth for a long time. Um, I want to say three years, and I consider him a pretty good friend. And I should be able to say, friend, I disagree with you. And, And here's why. With all due respect, and you are deeper into this, you are living this reality. I am only observing it. But from my perspective, no one in the Texas prison system is forced to work. They're still going to be housed. They're still going to be fed. They're still going to get medical treatment. But if they choose to work, they can. And they know they're not going to get paid for it. Do I think that they should have jobs without any kind of payment? No, I don't think so. I think that... um, the way that he was talking about, look, this is, I spend this much money on, on my own coffee. I spend this much money on new shoes. I spend this much money on um, snacks or hygiene products and things like that. Um, and, you know, my friend Daniel always writes to me on a typewriter. And the typewriter was almost $300. His family all chipped in and bought him the typewriter. But even ribbon for the typewriter and envelopes and paper, you have to pay for that. So where is the money going to come from? It's going to come from your family. I think maybe it would be nice if you could, say, work 15 hours a week without pay, and after that, you start earning a little bit of pay. Maybe it's $2 an hour, something like that, you know, in order to encourage people to save and to, you know, just have a little bit of control, a little bit of power over those little niceties that they might be able to purchase. They do in Texas consider what jobs you've worked and how many hours you've worked to apply it towards good time. So that's um, time off for good behavior. However, it's not mandatory. You still go before a parole board and they still can look at you and just decide, no, you're not ready. So we're going to give you another year before we review whether or not you're going to be released on parole. I just... I wish that it was a little bit more obvious, a little bit more mathematical that I could say, okay, I've done this much time. I've done this much work. I'm going to go before the parole board. I haven't messed up. So I'm definitely going to be released 
after this parole hearing. They're going to review all of the things and, and I've got all the check marks where they're supposed to be, but it doesn't work like that. And I'm not entirely sure um, as it pertains to my friend Daniel, why he hasn't been released. He works, he works hard, he's uh, he is in prison for personal drug use. Now, I will say that he has done some crazy things while he was on drugs. And if you are on the parole board and you're looking at the fact that this is not his first time in prison, you want to make sure that he's really turned his life around. You know what things he has done when he was on drugs, just not things that were harmful and, and um intentionally hurtful to other people, but things that are reckless and dangerous to himself and to the people that are around him. Like one time he was paranoid. He thought that the police were after him and he leapt from a moving vehicle. If you're going to make reckless choices like that, who can you hurt along the way? So I understand that the parole board might be saying no, but I think that that quote-unquote good time that he earns by working as many hours as he does should have a bigger impact on the parole hearing. So all of that being said, I think Daniel's next hearing is in August. So if you are a praying person, pray for Daniel and for the right decision. And you know me, I think the right decision is that he should get out. I do think that he is done being in prison. He is done reforming his life. He is done going back to prison. And I do think that he has the right family support and the right education and the ability to get a good job and to be a contributing member of society. So I've gone a little off topic, but my my point is that he was getting $40 a week now prices of things in the commissary have gone up and unfortunately his family is not able to give him $40 a week. So they are giving him $20 a week and that's got to be tough. You know, is my $10 a year really going to make an impact on my friend? I think so. If my friend gave me a, a $10 gift for Christmas or my birthday, I would be appreciative. I, I think that is a loving gesture. You can never you know, beggars can't be choosers. You can't turn your nose up too much at $10, right? But I wonder if, depending on your pen pal's, you know, financial situation, depending on which state they're in, if they can work for money. Um, I did have another friend, RJ, who asked me, hey, I'm, I'm in solitary right now. I can't work. He's in Oregon. Would you send me $40? And when I am out of solitary, I will pay you back. And in that particular situation, I said, look, I, I really don't want to be in a situation where you feel like you have to pay me back. So if you will send me four stories for my podcast, I will happily send you $40. And then you don't have to worry about repaying me. So I, I do have the first story from RJ. So hopefully we will get into that in the in the next episode. And for now, I will just leave it at my opinion being that depending on your financial situation, if you can give a gift of $20, I think that $20 a year sounds reasonable. I think if a friend of mine or my husband or my child or my cousin was in prison, I might want to send $20 a week, you know, depending on what their needs were. 
But as far as a pen pal that you haven't met before, I think $20 a year. And if, as I said, if you want to send $10 a year, do not feel bad about that. The fact that you are willing to sit down and correspond and give of your time is important. But if you can send $10 or $20 a year, I do think that that sounds reasonable and kind and fair and generous even. But I wouldn't worry about saying no anytime that I have had a pen pal ask me for money and I've said, or if for anything, and I've said this is not something that I'm comfortable with or not something that I can do, they always are understanding. You know, I haven't lost a friend over something like that. So as I said, we'll, we'll talk some more in the next episode. And uh, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you will tell everybody about the podcast. And as always, find your own friends in prison.